Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hey, this is a national treasure, and the real world's champion, Nick Aldis. And just when you thought that every possible wrestling podcast name in the world was taken... Nate comes in with a clinch with the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Based on Nate's unbelievable level of praise for me, I would go ahead and say that Nate sounds like a knowledgeable, smart, trustworthy human being, and his expertise should be lauded and appreciated by all of the listeners of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Podcast. Now it's time for our host, Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode 148 of the We Can't Wrestle Podcast. Nate Max and your host here with you, along with Senor Archie Mitchell. Hola. Hola. And my brother Aaron, of course. What's up, crackers? <laughs> All right, cracker, cracker, in and Crackerville here on the <laughs> We Can't Wrestle podcast. This week, we are going to continue our dream roster series. As Archie is going to be presenting us as his dream modern roster, I'm looking forward to that. Um, might ch- ch- might chime in with uh, if it was somebody that I had on my roster. You know, good pull or. What have you? We'll have a good discussion here of Archie's dream modern roster, and he says his list is going to beat Aaron's list. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, Probably it has not. To be, it has to beat Aaron's list because all I did was put AEW's entire roster. <laughs> Everybody, and it won't be my list. <laughs> and did you do yours, Archie? Your ten heels, ten faces, five tag teams? Did you do it that way? Uh, or I actually have or six, seven tag teams. Uh, and then uh, a, a sixteen-man roster, and I have I have a good mixture. It's not five heels, five faces. Uh, you said I thought we were doing thirty, correct? Yes. So I figured forty or seven teams. And did I say did I say five? Did I say five? Yeah. I'm sorry. I meant ten faces, ten heels, five tag teams. That's, yes. That's the, yes. To get to six. So uh, you know, like I said, I have an equal mixture of. Uh, of every, you know, a little bit of everybody. The only thing I couldn't fit in was women. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'm going to go down in We Can't Wrestle History as the woman hater. Because whenever I do a grind my gears or have something to bitch about, it's usually about women's wrestling. <laughs> so. Well, 
I didn't I didn't incorporate women into my roster either. So you'll also be the only guy that's ever said I couldn't fit in a woman. Right. Because all of us can. <laughs> right. Is that, is that a good thing to worry about? He's frozen. <laughs> but, you know, it's an equal balance. Um, you know, I, I really, I looked at guys that I obviously I like, but mm-hmm. then also a few guys that I figured would grow in my roster and, you know, either fill it out the right way or at least become suitable contenders for any championship for you guys. And that is, that is also what I did. You know, I looked at, all right, I want to look at the now, and I want to look at the future. And then, you know, also with your tag teams, you look at your tag teams, you go, oh, these are two guys that later on down the line I can split up, and they can be good singles wrestlers, you know. Right. right. So, but before we get into Archie's roster this week, I do want to give some news, some in-house uh, little ho- housekeeping, if you will, business news here. Um I will make it official. I've kind of started a little bit making it official, but I'll make it official after we've uh, aired the show. Everybody knows about WrestleNet Radio, the 24-7 internet radio station, wrestling radio station that I started back in April. Well, we're going to call that a learning experience um, here. I'm taking WrestleNet Radio down. It's going away. It is hasta la vista, WrestleNet Radio. I want to uh, thank everybody that supported the station, and, and it's not like it's not like uh, this is a sad thing. Like I said, this is the way I look at it. Arch is a failed experiment, of course. Um, and really, the biggest thing that I found out whilst doing this is we are at a point now in society where people want to be able to, like, say something like this, like a podcast or a show that they listen to. They want to be able to listen when they want to, not right. when they're told. I mean, that's obviously one of the reasons that people have gone towards streaming instead of, you know, cable and what streaming, have you. DVR, DVR service, streaming, you know, yeah. they have it when they want it, you know what I mean? And I mm-hmm. guess we're, we're children of the 80s, so we know what that's like. The only difference is we used to record our music off the radio and listen to it later on a walkman. Right. You know I mean? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> well, and so that's the deal. I mean, I think that, the, that that's the biggest thing that, that was a detriment to having the radio station was um, just having to listen to just the shows. The original shows on the station got decent listenership, but it never once it reached a certain plateau, it never grew. Right. So those of you that might be sad hearing, oh, no, I'm not going to get to hear Archie's show. Yes, you are. We're just changing it up and... The shows that were original shows on the radio station, i.e., say, Maximum Gold or Slice of Time or If You Smell What the Arch is Cooking or Aaron's Show the Year That Was, those are going to still be alive. And with this, sometime within the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be launching every single one of them as its own podcast. Yep. So we are going to keep WrestleNet Radio as a brand and just start calling this the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network. So there you go. That's the news. That's what's going on. Um, and like I said, for those of you who have listened to the station, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And the shows will continue as podcasts, which I think actually at the end of the day, I'm looking at as more of a positive. Because for us, the people that do these shows for you, we also have jobs and et cetera, et cetera. So maybe it's more convenient for Archie to not have to have his show done by Friday, you know. Or what have you, maybe, right. you know, right. and sometimes you're like, oh, I'm on a time crunch, I can't get this done, 
maybe, you know, so with a podcast, it doesn't have to come out that day at that time. It can just come out weekly whenever we can put it out. So that's, um, I think it's going to be a benefit for everybody, the listeners and the um, presenters as well. I, I agree completely, and uh, we should uh, try to work in like our year chosen slate of time. Aaron's is the year that was, and I'm just the stuff of the arts cooking. We should try to do if you smell what the arts is cooking on a slate of time for the year that was. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the world's first nine hour podcast, ladies right, and gentlemen. Right. Hey, we had lover. <laughs> the first this podcast I remember on. We went five hours Yes, it was Archie and David Gold and myself, yep. and then I had I had something else that I had put that I had recorded that I put on it too. It was actually the only one I've ever posted where the podcast server was like, eh, "You might have to post this in two parts because yep. it didn't have enough uh, I didn't have enough space to put it on there." So, Sorry yeah, we, that's all right. We used to go Are pretty. We used to go pretty long-winded back in the day. We've kind of streamlined it now, try to keep every show to less than two hours. I was trying so. to use my phone, and that shit is not cooperating. <laughs> well, you're back. That's cool. We, and it's not raining anymore, so I'm going to sit on my fucking deck. We, cool. we just uh, discussed the WrestleNet radio thing, so we haven't even gotten into Archie's roster yet, but we're about to. Yes, yes. Let's get ready to destroy it. Before the, <laughs> I'm kidding you. We will kick Aaron's wrestling uh, federation. Yeah, now, do you have a? Uh, you have your commentators, your booker, your ring announcer, uh, your interviewer. Well, I, I do, but you see, here's the thing. I I told us concerned about this a lot. I I wanted. I mean, who doesn't want Jim Ross pulling their match? You know what I mean? But Jim Ross has gotten very old, slightly senile. <laughs> and it's gotten to the point where he makes a lot of mistakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I can't have Jim. So, I know a lot of people give Tony Schiavone a bad rap, but I think if I had to choose, I'd go with Tony Schiavone and Corey Graves for my announcer. Okay. Alright, and as a backstage interviewer, I I love Kevin Kelly, and I love his work, his work that he used to do in Ring of Honor and the New Japan, and I think as an interviewer slash commentary guys. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what um, I know you weren't able to make the show when I did mine. My broadcast team, I actually had, I, I had JR as my play-by-play guy and Wade Barrett as my color commentator. Not a bad person. But because I like him so much, which you were just talking about, a three-man booth, for my pay-per-views only, I also made a three-man booth for my pay-per-views and I put Pat McAfee in it because I think that guy's fantastic. He's so not bad. He's a throwback actor. He's very jovial. He's very boisterous. But I don't like that. That had to be the person. That's the only problem. But yeah, I did. I would. Yeah, I just like I said. I, I know what you're saying about when you you know when you have a big show or something, you want to have say Kevin Kelly be able to come into the booth right. and uh, add an extra voice to what's going on. And, and he, like I said, he's working on the monitor. Mm-hmm. And when they moved, when he decided to go work in New Japan as their American announcer, he was fantastic. You know what I mean? And yes. I don't know how the WWE would let him go. And Vince thought he was fat. Well, I mean, JR was fat at that time too, so it was yeah. different. 
I think I think what hurt Kevin was he didn't have the political clout that Jr. did. Right. So I mean, he didn't like being yelled at. Like if I can call him Jordan, he didn't like being yelled at. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why that's why he's been. Yeah, and that's why Michael's been there for twenty five years because he doesn't care if Vince McMahon yells at him. Right. So those are my announcements. I'm gonna do my first okay. draft pick. Um, and look, you gotta understand. I've always been a fan. Uh, when I first discovered him joining ECW, the new ECW, I went back and watched all his older work. When he left, I was heartbroken. So, who better to be my first draft pick of a modern era wrestling company than CM Punk? Absolutely, I had him on my roster too. And uh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I mean, you're gonna have good matches, you're gonna have good interviews, and you're gonna have great crowd heat. That, and I think he would be a phenomenal teacher and/or coach to anyone young who needs him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Since he's got. I've seen guys say in interviews that he can come in, he talks with them, he goes over the matches with them. And, you know, that's a very big difference in what we hear about guys in the 80s and 90s and the Hogan and Flair not wanting to discuss or watch anybody's matches for them and give them right. a, a legit reason as why they might suck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So with Pug, it, it, it seems like he's down to tell somebody, look, it ain't right yet, just fix it. You know, be right, yeah. That. You don't have the crap like, uh, you don't have the crap like, uh, Flair talks about in his book where Brutus Beefcake up to, came up to him when he was wrestling. He had been doing matches with Eddie Guerrero and said, look, man, look, brother, the big man thinks you're selling too much for Eddie Guerrero. And right. yeah, you don't, you don't have that trying to hold somebody down. Right. It's more of a, you know, the, the, the guys that are veterans now, a lot of them lived through that shit. Right. And they're they're making it a different kind of an atmosphere in the locker room. Oh, definitely, definitely. And you can criticize it sometimes. I mean, I agree with an Undertaker saying uh, he was looked at a lot through and see guys smoking, playing cards, holding a gun. That was yeah. very manly. And now all they do is play video games. They look at the Abercrombie and Fitch models, <laughs> and that's fine. But then you look at the different standpoint of everybody's approachable now. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's going to be afraid to go approach this young punk now because he's too big, but they were afraid to even say hello to Hulk Hogan. Well, and it's a, low, you know. not just that, but think about the fact that AJ Styles is what, 40, Three, 43? Yeah, 43, yep. all right. The type of locker room that occurred in the 70s and the 80s, AJ Styles would be 43 and look 62 right now. Because you read about wrestlers, like, how how old they were when they died or whatever, and you're like, yeah, I figured that guy was, you know, 80 or something. But then you look and they're like 56, and it's like, Jesus! (laughs) What is your your life on the road done to you? Like, Gorilla Gorilla Monsoon, when he died, was as old as Sting is today. AJ's 44, and like, I was recently looking into something, I don't remember what it was, but you didn't think about it, but, like, when Harley Race was, like, NWA champion or whatever, and was losing to Ric Flair, he was in his late 30s. Yeah, and he looked and he like he was in his 50s. 50s. He right. looked like a grown-ass fucking man. Right. You know what I mean? When I was 33, I was fucking nothing. You know what I mean? Was that, you, you get what I'm saying? 
mm-hmm. I'm not saying I was nothing. Like I, I was, I was successful in the job that I had or whatever. But I didn't know my ass from a fucking hole in the ground. And this guy is like a like a five time NWA champion and has a fucking um, handgun in his fucking briefcase and all this shit. It's like this is fucking. Man, and to echo what Eric's saying, if you look at Harley when he walked into the WWF, as King Harley Race, he looked 70 years old by then. Mm-hmm. But he was in his 40s. But he was only 40. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like they, and, you know. the, the different locker room atmosphere and the fact that they've cleaned the business up as far as drugs and stuff go, really, and I'm not no. saying Harley was on drugs, but I'm just saying he did no. smoke probably like three packs of cigarettes a day and and I'll probably get a bottle of bourbon tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, we we got off like we always do on a tangent there. CM Punk, good pull. Second name on my roster because he is he's everything he says he is, and then someone comes to him uh, being a wrestler and an undertaker. Uh, Seth Rollins, but the second single wrestler on my roster. Good pick. Uh, um, I think Seth is a storyteller. I think he plays the role of the heel perfectly better than the face. And I think that when he wants to have a good match, he can. And even if he's not feeling it that day, he'll still sell it up for his opponent to give them the match they need. Yes, and Seth um, is a guy, Seth is a guy that, uh, to me personally, has never, he's never done anything that I didn't like that wasn't something they made him do. Anything that's ever been bad associated with Seth Rollins has, example, I was not a fan of the Monday Night Messiah. Team. I thought that the, it, was it wasn't out. him. Yeah. It, well, it wasn't him. The the, 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 the the whole thing was boring. But then when he had a match, he was Seth Rollins, and it was fantastic, of course. Right. But so yeah, he's only ever been hindered by booking. He's he's a he's a superb piece of talent. And I don't think it's really even so much as Vince's booking. I think it's creative telling him. This is what we got for you, but he makes it work. It works. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's doing his best with, like you said, the Monday Night Messiah might not have been the greatest gimmick ever, but he got him to where he is now. And this persona that he's using against Edge is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. He's a mixture of a, of the Joker, and I don't know what else you call him, but he's, he's, he's sadistic right now. So. Yes, and everything he does, he gives 100%, and I mean, I don't know about you, either one of you guys, but I've never seen a bad Seth Rollins match. I mean, okay, that Hell in a Cell thing with The Fiend was garbage. That was, that that was their booking, though. Yep, that wasn't his fault, and it wasn't Fiend's fault. It was the way, I don't know if you watched the uh, the Seth Rollins uh, with Austin interview mm-hmm. yet. But, yeah, he talks in that interview about him, how him and Bray, neither one of them wanted to do that bullshit. <laughs> so... No contest in a hell of a cell match. Yeah, the stupid thing with the hammer and all that garbage. Just you know, they, here's the thing though. They have the perfect way of taking of, of doing a double turn there too by making Seth turn heel and maybe putting the beat in the face. And they didn't. They still have Seth going on in the face, but then he just committed manslaughter in their mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. Any uh, anything to chime in with Aaron? Um, Seth was up my roster too, and I think like you guys are saying, like there's there's no hole in Seth Rollins' game other than giving him shit to work. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you and, and, and 
like the only hole I'd give is I have seen like and it might be better now because like when he was in Ring of Honor and shit, like he wasn't always the best guy on the mic. And uh it's probably better now if they would give him shit that he was actually saying because honestly, like not to bring up uh another podcast or whatever, but it's like Jim Cornette said, like, when he went on Steve Austin's show, and he was just talking and being himself, he was fucking personable and, and right. speak, you know? So I, it's like, I think if that guy was able to just not necessarily your own material, because you're gonna, you're gonna give him an angle or whatever to work with, but here comes the rain. Um... Let let Seth Rollins be Seth Rollins, and you're gonna get fucking money. You know what I mean? So I completely agree with you guys. Like, I think is the only hole in this game is the creative they gave him, and they don't know what they fucking have. I think sometimes. You know, you hear guys like uh, Vince Russo and um, Bruce Richard say, "When we finally let the Rock and Austin just go out without a script, they they didn't they didn't surprise us, but they made us." Understand they don't need a script. Vince needs to start letting his guys do that again. Like, like he does, you can see he's doing it with Roman Reigns now. He's let him go out and say what he feels. And he's not, let's it obviously with Brock and a lot of other guys. If he were to let guys like Seth Rollins and, and some of these other younger guys like Cesaro just go out and talk and actually connect with these fans, it might just get them over better than they've ever got. And then once they wrestle, it's done. Like I don't, know if, I don't know if this guy's gonna be on your roster. If he is, I'm sorry, I don't mean to foreshadow. Foreshadow. Looks like Nate and I were talking about Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, right. whatever you want to call him. If WWE, WWE did great with John Moxley because they took him away from doing that garbage shit, which Nate and I were talking about. Um. Where, yeah, he does the garbage stuff, but if you get it away from me, it still actually work, you know? Right. I think if they would have let John, if they would have taken, if they would have taken John Moxley and said, look, you're not going to do all the garbage shit all the time, maybe once a year, you can do it, but still be John Moxley. Right. That dude could have been their fucking new Roddy Pike. Well, you yeah, know? he would have, he would have been happier to stick around. That was the problem. Was he, uh, was exactly happy at the So because they were letting him be John Moxley. Right, right. And I guess he's happy now because uh, AEW's letting go do death matches in DCW and he's being himself. So, yeah. And, and, that, and like I said, that that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm saying. Like, I'm not like a big death match guy, but if you would have let that dude be his character, but not necessarily right. do all the death matches all the time, he would have been fucking funny. I don't know. We got off rails on that. No, but, no, no. You're good. You're good. Next guy coming up on my roster uh, from NXT uh, because he's brute force and fantastic in the ring, technical wrestler, Tommaso Ciampa. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, 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 go ahead, Nick. I was just going to say one of the best wrestlers on the planet right now, especially, I mean, Especially North America, and you, I mean, you can't go wrong with the guy. Like you said, he's 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 
he's amazing because he is uh he is he looks the way he looks and has right. the body that he has and the look that he has but he can wrestle like Tommaso Ciampa doesn't wrestle a style that looks like his look and it's insane right right you know right. it's like seeing the same and do bar you didn't expect that yeah but Ciampa when you see him do some of these moves it's like really <laughs> You have that in your in your in your bag, you know. Yes, but, absolutely. But then, he, but then he makes you want more. You know, mm-hmm. the, the few, the only thing I will say, I didn't like about Tommaso Ciampa, and it's not that I didn't like it; I just didn't get it. His feud with Johnny Gargano, they were attempting mm-hmm. to make it Shawn Michaels versus Triple H all over again, mm-hmm. and and they they made like six months worth of booking seem like five years. Yeah, the storyline was over before you even went. Where if they would have let that be a slow burn and got them to the main roster and then continued the feud and then one go off to SmackDown and one go off to Raw and then they come back together again and feud again, you know, like the Rock and Austin or Triple right. H and Shawn Michaels, you would have said, oh, that's a feud of the year candidate and the, uh, you know, the right kind of guys go at it. But they hot shot it to get it over in NXT. That now mm-hmm. if they ever face each other again, you're like, oh, yes, again? Right. That was the only <laughs> I think, problem I had with it. I think one of the things that, that <laughs> made that, I don't want to say, one of the things that, that made that be the result of what happened is from what I've always heard, Tommaso Ciampa has absolutely no interest in going oh. to the main roster. Him, Paul Gargano, got a whole class of NXT stars that were there over the last four years. Never wanted to see the main roster, but do you blame yeah. them? No, no, because no. you just get Nakamura, as I always say. My, that's right. my expression. You're gonna get Nakamura. Right. You know, Champa is now a two-time NXT champion. He's he's getting ready to feud with a breakout star, mm-hmm. in my opinion, and he's basically the king of the castle. You put him on right. the main roster. Who's he gonna be feuding with? John Morrison, which is still not Morrison, but they're gonna have a fight in the match once a week. Right. Yes. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, next up on my list to continue with the NXT uh, uh, flavor and, and I just mentioned him because of their team Johnny Gargano Titan Wizard right mm-hmm. on the mic can get you to love him and hate him in a heartbeat fantastic all around athlete yes um, super good wrestler and um, you have you have to you have to take his wife too well, obviously she's come along, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to rule on her on the roster for her right now because I have no women there. But uh, she can be a manager or a, you know, valet. Yeah, I just, I, I just, the reason I say that is I just think that that she, and and I'm not, I'm not in any way comparing Randy Savage and Johnny Gargano. But I think that that like Elizabeth and Sherry, why am I blanking on Johnny's wife's name? Candace. Candace LeRae. Candace LeRae. Um, I think that they, as a package deal, she brings so much. She elevates him almost by being with oh, him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know. So and again, that's not a knock on him at all. I'm just saying I'm. It's a compliment. It's a compliment in that I think that they're a great. You know, they're a great duo together. They are. Uh, a lot of work going on in that. With them, 
on the comedic side of things because she's pregnant and can't rest and can't do anything has actually been fantastic. Mm-hmm. The behind-the-scenes things and, the, you know, there's extra in Indy Hartwell wedding and everything. It was funny. It was actually well-timed comedy at the show. So I have no, I have no problems with either one of them. I think that they both do an amazing job. I wish Candace could have been an NXT Women's Champion by now, but I guess they have a bigger plan for her. Mm-hmm. And with Gargano, um, I don't, not to chime in on what you guys are talking about. Um, actually, chime in on what you guys are talking about because that would right. be a shame if I didn't give my fucking right. opinion. Right. But, um. Gargano's an Ohio boy, okay, right. and I watched Gargano on a show that was called Prime Wrestling. It's not a thing anymore, but it was like an indie show that was still on Sports Time Ohio before that went away. It was like the last like indie show that I could watch on TV, and Johnny Gargano was on it. And that dude was fucking entertaining. And I don't understand the hate on the guy. Because he's fucking great in the ring. When he's given something that is good, he can be entertaining with it. And I just, I always, I've always liked him. And I liked him before he got to WWF, WWE. And when he signed, I was like, fucking sweet. Johnny Gargano's coming in there. And I just, I like the guy. It, the only reason that I didn't put him on my roster was because uh, when I built my roster, it was like a different type of roster that I was trying to. I was almost trying to build like a like an '80s roster in the in the in the now. The more that makes and he didn't fit it. Yeah. In. But, but yeah, there's nothing wrong with Johnny Gargano. Not at all. Nope, definitely not at all. Need a good pull. I. I think in the next couple of years, we might actually see him being bigger than he is now. Uh, if he steps to the main roster, he could be a world champion if they were to put a little bit of spotlight on him. He's, he's um, going to AEW. I don't know. He might. <laughs> oh, he's, he's AEW bound. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he'll hit his drive when he gets there. Yeah, oh, he will. He will. Next time I list speak of World Heavyweight Champions, um, because in my opinion, over the last four years, he's been carrying a banner that no one else wanted to carry, and he made it prominent again. Uh, Nick Aldis, the former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, is next on my roster. Yes. He was both on ours. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you guys. The guy is fantastic in the ring. He is fantastic on the mic. If you don't get Flair vibes for him. He's cutting a promo. I don't know what is that for. He is cutting a Nature Boy S promo. Yeah. Just talking about oh, something I mean, as simple as, a, a, you know, imagine four months from now when they feel like you break Flair and Carter. Yeah, well, and being honest, and this isn't knocking any of the other ones that are out there, but. Nick Alderson and MJF are the only two guys that actually really play heel in the business anymore. Right. You know, some guys flounder back and forth, or like you said, Seth Rollins, you know, with this new gimmick that he's doing or whatever. But in reality, the only two guys that play like old school wrestling heel in wrestling, like, and, and major wrestling now, I don't know about all the indies, 
But Aldis is one of them along with MJF. That's it. And he is so fucking good at that. The way the dressing style, the way he carries the belt around, or did carry the belt around. He, mm-hmm. Like I said, he put the NWA on his shoulders four years ago. And said, yeah, I'll, I'll hold this belt for my company. Without there actually being a company. And then two years yeah. ago, Morgan's like, yeah, we're going to make the NWA again. He was like, okay, let's go. And he never looked back. And in my yep. opinion, if they did not have a champion like Nick Albert when they first started, up until just recently, whichever Mark Murdoch beat him, which Murdoch was deserving of the title, he would be mm-hmm. the perfect guy to succeed out But if you don't have Nick Albert in the driver's seat at that point, the NWA fails. Because they yes. needed somebody like him in that role, at that podium, every week talking, and then delivering in the way. Yep, and I totally agree. As a matter of fact, on my on my roster, I I made him my first champion. You know, I was in the past. Yes, he has sent his life. No, no. <laughs> I hate. I you know you know my hatred for this. You know, I mean, you go to um, the icon of the ring in Philadelphia. We say I thought she was going to be there, but I examined it. Isn't Jay supposed to be here? He's like, no, I think she's going to be in Celeb Fest for the big event, you know. And I'm like, mm-hmm. so I got a plan then. Like, what's your plan? I'm like, I'm going to go get her to be, I'm going to get her, obviously, an autograph and a picture. <laughs> and I'm going to see if I can get her to say, this is Vicky James, welcome to the small champion, and make her my intro to my <laughs> show. So this <laughs> way, it's so ironic. Look at you about my show. I'm going to yeah. He's like, you can't do that. He's like, you can't do that. I'm like, why? <laughs> so, she won't know any different. Like, she doesn't know what I'm talking about. He's like, what happened this morning? Like, I'm like, I'm like, you know, wouldn't she laugh at all? Then? You know, and here's the thing. I, am a, I used to be a Mickey James fan. You know, when she went to the ring in the independence in Florida and then went to TNA, when she mm-hmm. joined the WWF, WWE, she was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Her, about her, her, looks her, ri- her rivalry with Trish Stratus is my favorite women's rivalry yes. ever. And it had nothing to do with her looks. Yes, she's beautiful. But it had mm-hmm. nothing to do with her looks. It had to do with her wrestling ability and her ability to change her character subtly. You know, from a raving lunatic to, oh, my God, she's one of the best women wrestlers ever. Right. But the last two years, she's become bitter and old and doesn't want to go. And I don't mean old in the state of because she's 42, but I don't mean her age, but she's acting like if she gave something more to this business than any other woman, and she should be more on the card than anybody else. No, he was there right. when he was just for that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like you were the only, the only woman on the roster. Yeah, you weren't, you, weren't the, you weren't the foundation. You know? So that's why I had that day to work church. So no, I would not be signing for Stratus. You mean Mickey if James? I, Mickey James, yeah, Mickey James, if I signed to make down this. So. Uh, moving on to my next person, I'm sticking with the AEW team. Mm-hmm. Um, with the, N- uh, the uh, NWA team, uh, I'm going to take both the Angel and the Fantastic wrestler. Um, great pull. You can use him as a baby face or a heel because he can right. he can play he can play either very well. Right. Um, he was uh, 
to me, he's one of the biggest missed opportunities for WWE over the years. Yes. Yes. Because they were more worried about Sebastian Hurt than they were. What was his name back then? What was it? Uh, Denier? Oh, uh, crap. Yeah, D'Angelo. D'Angelo Denier. Yes. Yeah, but now he's, uh, the Pope. Yeah. What? He was fantastic then, he's fantastic now. TNA tried, he got injured. He was great on top. Of the wrestler. For the mm-hmm. So, I think that he's a, a good mix in the roster. And if I want to have a TV champion, or even an intercontinental champion, he's someone I can count on with to help build that division. Yes. And he's another example of what we were talking about earlier with how differently wrestlers age now. You know, he's probably in his late thirties at this point. Right. And he still looks as good as he did in his twenties, you know. Yeah, I don't know if he's aged. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's not a little bigger, muscular wise he but he's not he doesn't look uh, you know, he doesn't look any older. And he doesn't look haggard and <laughs> you know. No. And that's probably going to be take a little time off in TNA mm-hmm. while doing the commentary and get some injuries. So, well, I'm sure he got a, a nice rest. And coming back to the NWA now, he's rejuvenated. He was a great team champion. Um, so, you know, it's, it all uh, all really remains to see what the NWA, NWA is going to do with him next. I think that's a great pick. Yes. Uh, moving back to the WWE side of things, uh, the, uh, what are they calling him nowadays? The Scottish psychopath, Drew McIntyre, is my opinion. Uh, mainly from the standpoint of big, lumbering, intimidating, and can, like you said, with Pope, Drew can also play control heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, and I think I would have him on my roster as heel. Chasing the world anyway Yeah, and that's that would be <laughs> that would be a great use of him. He was also on my on my roster. He has been one of my favorite wrestlers since he. Oh my God! He burst upon the scene in two thousand and five. It's amazing yep. how long he's been actually wrestling. But yep. he he's had a great career. He's 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 grown leaps and bounds as a performer. I mean, it really helped him that when he first got started, he was under that learning tree with William Regal and Dave Taylor, you know, and, um, he always has good matches for, especially for a guy, his size, some of the shit he can do with the weight, with the weight and the muscle he carries around is insane and charismatic. He's very charismatic too. I, I did, you know, when he first debuted in 2005, I didn't remember him being that big. He wasn't that much for him. He wasn't. His size he's... wasn't, you know, his size wasn't really, like, I didn't look at this guy a lot. He's almost seven foot. Mm-hmm. But since he returned, the thing with Dolph Ziggler and Dolph Ziggler, you really look at him out and you go, wow, this guy's an absolute monster. He's flying around the ring. Oh, yeah, he looks, like, he looks like a completely, he looks like a completely different person than he did. Right. Back in the right. day, you know, yeah. You're not looking at his, oh, that's like three and B. You're going like, oh, this is Drew McIntyre. Yes. Is, you know, this is the punk kid that makes called the chosen one and then failed, so to speak. Mm-hmm. He's a new man who's not proved himself. And he did bring in the world title twice. Yes. Oh, and the only thing, 
The only the only thing that hurt him was the fact that he had to be the COVID champion. Right. But he made it work. He made it work. And, so he was actually being very, very close and playful while he was the champion. So. And the thing I'll say about the guy, um, so you guys just said a lot about him, is it's like I've told Nate, and I, I've told you guys, I've told you, Arch, like I said this a lot of times on a wrestling show, on our, on our wrestling podcast, that if you're going to fucking draw a professional wrestler, you're gonna draw somebody that looks like Drew fucking McIntyre. Definitely. That dude, like, there's a lot of wrestlers now, and I even just talked about John Moxley and how much I like him. But John Moxley doesn't. If you told somebody to draw a professional wrestler, they're not gonna draw John Moxley. You know what I mean? Right. And, and and they might not even draw fucking. Well, they're not going to. If you tell somebody that doesn't know anything about wrestling, they're not gonna draw fucking Daniel Bryan. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Every single one of us will say that Dan O'Brien is really one of, if not the best wrestler on the fucking planet. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. But if you tell a non-wrestling fan, draw what you think a wrestler looks like. They're going to draw you somebody that looks like fucking Drew McIntyre. Right. And I don't know if you were on the show when we talked about it, but who was that fucking guy I told you about, Nate, and you went and watched it again? Um... Uh, the fucking Indian dude. The Shanky? Shanky. Yeah. Oh, you know who Shanky is? Yep. Shanky's like that 5'7 that fucking Indian dude. Mm-hmm. When I watched Drew McIntyre pick Shanky up and give him a goddamn jackhammer or whatever it was, I was like, that was the most impressive goddamn thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That yeah, that it's like Drew McIntyre is a fucking genetic freak. It's like watching Cena pick up the big show back in right. like oh four, you know, like God damn Yeah. <laughs> and they wasted it. You know what I mean? Like when John yes. Cena picked up the big show, it was on goddamn WrestleMania. Right. You know what I mean? But fucking John Cena picks up Shanky and it's on a fucking raw and it's six man. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Imagine how much different of a place the world would have been if Hulk Hogan slammed Shanky and not Andre the Giant. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, still the same body types. Let me, let me tell now. you something. Let me tell you something, brother. On that night, Shanky, he was up to 612 pounds, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk Hogan, you fucking liar. Anyway. Oh. I couldn't even curry a match. <laughs> Aaron mentioned that that was an Aaron mentioned him as not someone we would technically draw as a professional wrestler, but we consider him a professional wrestler and one of the best. And I agree. Uh, Brian Danielson is next on my roster. <laughs> he's he's gonna get he's gonna give you those matches. He's going to give you that electricity that he's he's one of the few wrestlers on the planet that has that connection with the audience. And much like you said with Punk, he can teach your young guys. Exactly. Exactly. And there are a few guys on the roster who might need that little point for that. Um, the, the idea of knowing they have a safety net going, that the opponent is not going to leave them, leave them down a bad path and hurt them, 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was watching the deal the other night, the season finale. I don't know if you guys watched the show or not. I have not watched um, it yet. It's fantastic. It is fantastic. Uh, and Punk was actually on the show as a character known as uh, Billy, Billy Bats or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the guys that's been with the company for a while but took a little time off this morning and I've been back away. I'm throwing armor on him. Don't worry, but I got you out there. And that's like, I'm like, that's what he does in real life. That's how you flip the character from to a guy in the show. You right. can tell Cena Punk lets his opponents know if they're at all intimidated, scared, or worried. Cena Punk's like, don't worry about it, kid. We'll get there. We'll do what we gotta do. We'll take it. Mm-hmm. And I feel Daniel, Daniel, Brian Danielson is the same way. Yeah, he's been around to see it with guys like Punk. Guys like Zack Ryder, two different spectrums there. Right. CM Punk's the main event, Daniel Bryan, or Zack Ryder is the opener or something match. And you could tell, no matter who he was annoying with, he respected them and showed them the way he couldn't do it on their own. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he's going to be a five-star. And I don't mean that Dave Meltzer five-star match. I mean a legitimate five-star classic out of whoever he's in the ring with, whether it's right. Shelby or... If you if you if you ask Daniel Bryan to carry Shanky Archie, you're a shitty promoter. Yeah, yeah. Shanky be stanky. Next up, um, let's see where are we here? There we go. Um, is the new NWA Heavyweight Champion Trevor Murdoch? He was also on my roster. Um, I'll go ahead and let you go with your why you made that decision. Well, um, dating back to when Trevor first debuted in WWF as uh, Trevor Murdoch again with um, Lance Cade, he was a worker. The work worse than anything, but that guy used to take a majority of the match and be bumped, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you see how he went to TNA and other companies and tried to fit in a puzzle piece that just didn't do that. But then he shows up in the NWA, <laughs> and he's not really driving. You know, he was just there. He was like, you know, I'm here, put me in a match, let me get the damn contact, and I'll show you what I can do. Right. And I watched him in the ring with Eric Stevens. I watched him in the ring with Chris, Chris Adonis, Nick Aldis, uh, Thomas Lattimore. It's never the same match. Yeah. This guy puts on a different face. In the, in the spirit of Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, and, and Harley Race. And granted, Flair can run on the same match every night of the week and fourth on Sunday. But he changes it up just enough that he, he makes fun with it. I was about to say, there's, there's certain wrestlers when you watch them that you wouldn't, you'd never necessarily know who trained them, you know? Right. You watch Trevor Murdoch and you're like, gee, I think he was, even if you didn't know it, you'd be like, right. I think that guy was trained by Harley Race. Right. Because he is, he's so versatile and he, he almost, Harley was one of the things that doesn't get, to, and maybe it does, and maybe I'm just not in those conversations, but one of the things that doesn't get talked about, about Harley enough is that Harley was like a chameleon. Harley was going to go in that ring and wrestle to the guy he was in the ring with. Right. As opposed to it having to be a Harley race match. If he was with Dory Funk, it was he was he was going to be doing the slow plotting, you know, rest holds and right. and toe holds and things that Dory Funk did. 
But when he was in the ring with Ric Flair, it was a little more electrified. You know, he and, and Trevor Murdoch. Yeah, and Trevor Murdoch's the same way. He can turn the volume up and down, sideways, whatever. He's going to be, like you said, you just mentioned all these people you watched him wrestle. And in every match, it's never the same match. Well, and he is, he match. is, rest, yeah, he's wrestling to his opponent as opposed to making his opponent and wrestle. That, and then in the last couple of minutes, when the match needs to go home, that's when Trevor Murdoch comes out and he either wins or gives a good enough showing to make you want to see it again. Exactly. You know, like, it's, it's, it's a 30 minute match with him wrestling his opponent's style. And then that last five minutes, he kicks in and you go, wow, where was this at? Yeah, you know, we have this in reserve, you know. So I just I think he's he's a credit to any company he's with. And again, it's a missed opportunity WWF could have had. I don't think they were gonna make him a world title champion, but I think he could have been the guy going for the world title. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Either a, 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 a dirty bruiser heel or, you know, just a knockdown right now forward. Uh, yeah, again, they probably thought he was too fat and said that. But good pick, definitely. Like I said, I had him on my roster too, for that very reason. He's a great everyman wrestler. I agree. Anything you add, Aaron? Um, I've always enjoyed Trevor Murdoch, and I think that uh, he's kind of an anomaly. That that dude that looks like that shouldn't be that good. Right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And right. I know what you guys are saying about Harley Race. Like, you can tell Harley trained him, and you guys both know me, so you know I can talk fucking 45 hours about the greatest Harley Race. But to me, he's the He's the Dusty Rhodes in roster. You have him on. I agree with that as well. I like he's the well. guy. That, um, I don't want to say it. Like I know it's a cliche, but like, oh, that's the guy that um, I, I I'd have a beer with that guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I don't want to say, oh, that guy would walk the bar and I could take it. No, because no. Trevor, Trevor Murdoch doesn't give that vibe. And and that's kind of the vibe Dusty had, where uh, it's not a guy I can take if he walks into a bar, but I'm not gonna fuck with him either. I'm just gonna have a beer with this guy and chill with him. And he gives the vibe like like Harley Race gives the vibe of I'm not gonna fuck with that guy, but I also don't want to have a beer with him. Okay. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm intimidated by him. But Dusty Rose walks into a bar, and I'm like, I want to have a beer with that guy. And he's the everyman. And if somebody fucks at him, he's probably going to be able to handle himself. And that's the vibe that Trevor Murdoch gives to me. And it's like the opposite of what I said, where like, oh, you could draw this, like, draw me a wrestling. You know what I mean? It's like. Mm-hmm. Draw me a wrestler. You're not gonna draw Trevor Murdoch if you're not a wrestling fan. But if you have a wrestling fan, you're like, yeah, I believe in this guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily like, oh, I think I can beat this guy. It's like this guy looks like the guy I'm friends with, and 
not everybody knows that he's a badass, but I know he's a badass. Right. If I need him, if I need him, he's going to step up and take somebody else. He's gonna, he's, this guy's going to have my back. Right. And if nobody's fucking with him, he's going to be a life of the party. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like the opposite of like Nick Aldis. Like when Nick Aldis would walk into a fucking bar, he's going to just pretend, he's just going to assume he owns the place. He's going to be like, fuck you, fuck you, I'm wrong. I'm handsome, I'm built. All your ladies want to fuck. But Trevor Murdoch's just like, give me a draft, some mini tacos, just leave me alone. <laughs> but if somebody smacks him, he's going to be like, god damn it. And all of a sudden, there's a Canadian destroyer hit, and the fucking secrets go everywhere. And now nobody has any mini tacos. Is Trevor Murdoch just fucked everything up? You made me drop my mini tacos. That's a great intro skit for Trevor Murdoch for your promotion. Yep, yep. Sit in a bar, eat a mini taco. The galvis bumps into him. You drop my mini taco. Alright, so I'm lumping these two guys together because mm-hmm. I think that straight off they're going to be feuding the way they are in AEW. I think the two of them are going to come in feuding. Like the minute that the first one is Cody Rose because mm-hmm. I think if he's not a booker, he's definitely a good enough wrestler to carry himself in any type of match. So as long as he's not booking himself, we're okay. Mm-hmm. But I think that the minute I would see Cody Rose walk down the aisle for his first match in my company, Malachi Black with a with a new attack. So those are the next two on my roster. Cody Rhodes and Malachi Black. Um, both good picks. My my biggest problem, I, I, Malachi Black, absolutely. <laughs> I I've been a fan of his since he was Tommy End. Right. Um, WWE completely fucking dropped the ball with him. AEW is doing him right. Other than, and, and I don't want to get off on a tangent. But other than if, uh, listen, if WWE would have done that shit with Rosario oh, yeah. Dawson that right. AEW did with Malachi Black, the internet wrestling community would have shit all over it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, beside the point, he's fantastic. My biggest thing with Cody is, like you said, he can't book himself because Cody looks at himself as a bigger star, I think, than he actually is. I don't see Cody Rhodes as a world championship caliber performer, but I've always, I've always liked him as a mid card, like an intercontinental title champion. And, and I agree with you, but he can be grown and can be a world champion. He's willing to put in the time. But when he gets pot shotted, they're like, okay, how do you call it? You know, and then you go back to, but yet this is the guy who for six months before signed with anybody, which that that's all Triple H did. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So you can't be that hypocritical. You know, when he's not been the world champion of AEW yet, but in Winner Honor and in Japan, he's not top top ten titles. And he shouldn't have had that quick. Right. You know, six months, you want to do a six month feed and then have your title, that's great. But you've only been there a month and a half and you're not a belt around your waist. You did something there. You said something mm-hmm. to somebody. You know what I mean? Yes. So. <laughs> But I think when he's not put himself and when put into a proper feud, if he's out of Malachi Black, except for the Rosario Dawson BS. Just as an example, real quick, not to harp on it too much, but just from my personal perspective, my favorite iteration of Cody Rhodes was the Smoke and Mirrors Cody Rhodes that 
feuded with the big show going into WrestleMania and et cetera, et cetera. To me, that's where Cody belongs. I think he's great in that kind of a role. He has that look. He has that personality. He has that style. Um, I I even like, I even liked the mustache thing. Mm -hmm. I liked the mask. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Is that the smoking mirrors thing or whatever? Yeah, that was, well, that was part of it. That was part of it because he was smoking mirrors like the arrogant thing and then he got the, he got his face injured and he got the mask and then they slowed the music down. He goes, oh, he's smoking mirrors. Yeah. Yeah, like that, where, where he wasn't fucked up, but he thought he was. Right. Putting the bags on people's heads. Like not being, not, okay, I don't want to say it's like, I think we said this a couple of times, like, you'd say a dude's a good-looking dude and not be gay or whatever. Like, Cody's, like, a good-looking dude, you know? So when he, like, wore the mask, the mask mm-hmm. was funny because it was still see-through. But he was still, yeah. like, looking. Yeah. Like, I liked all that. And um, one of my, my favorite um, YouTube things, and it was actually Chris Jericho who posted it. It was, it was like... Um, it wasn't even anything they that WWE promoted. Jericho just did it. It's funny. He posted a thing on his Instagram or whatever, and it like wound up on YouTube. You know what the WWE guys are doing with Cody's music? What? Jericho like filmed himself. Like you know how they would do the glorious thing? Yes. His mm-hmm. Music and then Tommaso Ciampa and um, um, what's the law? Gargano would, or was it Gargano? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would pop up and like bob heads with him. Right. Jericho would walk with his phone through the locker room and go, wow. And then like five dudes would be like, it's only smoking me. That was so funny. Because he would just randomly like, and wait till like Randy Orton and Big Show would walk by and go, Whoa! It's only smoking mirrors. The only other thing I'll say about Cody, Archie, don't hire Brand. Oh, no. Well, alright. I can see. I'd that. say hire Brandy. No. She's terrible. Nice. I, you know, I'm about to say something to say something to me because he puts up on me. But I guess, like I said, I've known as probably the even woman later in the room. Um, Brandy Rhodes is even bad at being pregnant. <laughs> okay. I watched that show or whatever it's called, Rhodes mm-hmm. in the Mouth or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, she was sitting there pregnant. And she didn't look, it looked like they put a fat belly on anything. I'd hire Tom, I'd hire Tom Brandy before I'd hire <laughs> As an Adrian or as Tom Brandy? As, as Salvatore Sincere. There you go. There you go. Quite off the hole. Alright, next up on my roster. Nate, I know you're gonna hate it, but he goes with three other picks. Well, two other picks. And they need to be on my roster because I need a good heel stable. So next up on my roster is Kenny Omega. Um, and it's tricky. Look, when putting the ring with someone good, he does a job. He knows what he's got to do. Listen, here's what I'm going to say. 
Firstly, it's your roster. Secondly, I can DVR your show and fast forward past him just like right. I do on AEW. Thirdly, if you're a wrestling promoter and it's 2021 and you get to start your own promotion with unlimited funds, I mean, regardless of what I think, what I, regardless of what I think about Katie Omega, anyway, I'm Justin Robertson. Is, anyway, no matter what I think about him, from a from a perspective of 2021 being a wrestling promoter, obviously he was not on my list. But why, if, if you think he can bring money and no, eyes no, to your no, program? Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, when he's put in with someone good, like the match he had with Brian Danielson on, on AEW a couple weeks ago, match he had with Christian the last month, he, when it's somebody that can tell him, calm down for a minute, slow it down, you know, people don't hear, all right, now you hit me, I hit you, you know. It's good. Stop when fucking looking like you're having a seizure, please. Right. But when he's in the ring with a guy like Jungle Boy, who I love Jungle Boy, I can't say enough about Jack Perry. When he's in with a younger kid, he gets to control the match, and that kid is going to go 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. But no, like I said, I'm not. And this is your roster, and and that is a, you have sound decision making and putting him on your roster because again, he's one of of the pa- of the past five to seven years. He's one of the biggest draws in wrestling. Whether I whether I whether I whether I, whether I whether I whether I fucking like him or not, that doesn't matter. That's like saying that's like dropping into 1986 and not putting Hulk Hogan or Randy Savage on your roster. Like this guy's a newsmaker. There's enough right. people that like him, and he can bring enough eyes to the promotion. Right. Sure. I mean, whether you like him as a performer or not, you know. Well, you know I do. I mean, lately yeah. he's been he hasn't been at his best. He must be the ring with Brian Anderson, but I mean. You know I have been a fan of it for a while. I'm going to be a lot of like mm-hmm. What do you think, Aaron? I think I'll me- I, we're talking about Kenny, right? Yes. I think Kenny is entertaining when he's in there with the right person. Right. And is involved in the right angle. I don't hate him as much as Nate does. Right. I um, does the blow up doll and all that shit? <laughs> yeah, but I if, you wanna, if, if you want to delve that deep into any wrestler, you can find something in that's fucking trash. Right. Um, but I enjoy Kenny. Like I said, I enjoy Kenny Omega when he's in there with the right person. The only thing I would try to do with him is teach him how to not. Uh, look like a dirt dirt when he's not speaking. Like, like, like when he, like when he's walking out and he's kind of standing there, he looks like a fucking mouth. That's my biggest thing about him. I will do my best to teach him. <laughs> well, then, if you're gonna teach him that, teach him how to not be hurt, how to not be fucking herky jerky in the ring the way he is. Anyway. <laughs> Some on my list because I think that he's in the next year. We're going to be hearing big things about this young man. Uh, I love his um, his background and that who his dad and his uncle are. And uh, I hope that Vince knows how to book him correctly. 
Uh, it's Ron Breaker, the son of Rick Tyler. First thing he's, he needs to do is change his fucking name. Oh, yeah, he's going to be Rick Steiner in my company. Which is what he's considered in WWF. Or WWE. Um, the kid looks great. Oh, he's man. Sound just like his dad and like his uncle put together. I'm waiting what? for him to do a Steiner match. I'm waiting for Steiner match. <laughs> The first, the, okay, the first time I saw him, uh, well, I mean, it was that, that, uh, the first, uh, NXT 2.0. Mm-hmm. And he came out, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't know what it was that week or whatever that, uh, there had been some buzz about him on the, on the web, but somehow I missed it. So being perfectly honest, the first time I saw him was on that show. And he came out, made that debut match. And the first thing I thought was, what a fucking look this kid has. Right. He looks like his uncle and his dad combined. Right. Yes. What a look. And then the next week, I think it was the next week when he came out and cut the promo on Ciampa. Mm-hmm. Holy I mean, shit. Like he's, he sounds like Scott and Rick cutting a promo. To, and, like, and he's right. good on the mic. He's such a fucking natural. And you're right. He is going to be... If booked properly and used properly, he's going to be a huge star. And I think, I think that people, you know, it's the internet. And, and I know Aaron said it and he was right, you know, about the name. The name is stupid. The name is but, stupid. But I also think that he's going to be one of those guys that within a couple of years, we're not even going to notice that he has a stupid right. name. You well, know, it's, it's just. He the name roster, he changed it. Mm-hmm. And like, like Curtis Axel was Michael McGill and Cuddy and Aaron too. Right. So I'm hoping maybe he gets to the main roster and maybe if he would have pulled Heyman or a, a manager of some sort, he mm-hmm. can grab the mic one day and go, hey, I'm a signer. I'm not a, I don't know who the hell Broadway Bridge. And that's all going to yeah. come down to that. And it, it really, that's that, his name thing comes down to those silly WWE things yeah. where they don't, you know, that as far as the name goes, as far as copywriting it and everything goes. So, right. but yeah, I mean, what, what a, what a young talent. What, I mean, he's, He's a natural already. The, the, like you said, the opening, the first match we had in this match, when he came out in that singlet, which was some his daddy used to wear. Yeah. And, and then he threw that first suplex. I went, my God, I missed this. Because <laughs> I have not seen a lip sign in like 13 or 14 years. You know, an up to date one. And right. And he was in TNA when they fought the, the, the Dudley Boys. And that was old man Rick Sider that wasn't, you know. And nobody watched that. Well, I did, but old genius, I missed seeing an ex-football player, college standout monster come in and say, yeah, this is my life. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's doing in the promos with Chompa now. He just did it because Tuesday. You know, Chompa looked at him and told him, kid, you got three weeks for you to become a main eventer. Or stay a rookie and anchor. And he looked at Trump and said, No problem. And in his eyes, you could see he meant what he was saying. Yes. So, I don't expect them to put the NXT title on right away. If they do, okay, let's see where it goes. But, in, inside of two, three, three years, this kid is going to be good. Absolutely. Think about no it. Doubt. That was, and I don't want to get too much into the weeds or whatever. No, I was thinking about it. That was the thing about his dad. Like, Rick Steiner wouldn't have been a great, like, long-term NWA champion. Right. 
but it could have worked for a couple months, yeah. Yeah, like like Rick was super fucking entertaining. And I'm not saying he was entertaining when he got with Scott. But when he got with Scott, he got complacent. You know what I mean? Well, he was my That's my little brother, and I'm going to stick with him. And we're going to be a tag team. But, like, before his brother showed up, man, fucking Rick was over like a goddamn like like a motherfucker, and I think I think Rick Steiner is like a four or six month NWA champion. Mm-hmm. Like when he broke off from the varsity club and was like talking to his hand and all that shit, like that. Right. He couldn't kind of promo to fucking save his ass, but <laughs> it was like him not being able to kind of promo and talking nonsense really worked. Like Sid. Yeah. But even better, because the guy could fucking wrestle. Right. right. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm loving about your son. Because he's got Rick's ability in the ring and Scotty's. But then when he talks, he's got Scotty's promo skills. So yeah. obviously both of them got this kid and showed him what to do when they were, you know, when he was coming up as a football player or whatever. But he, when he first barked at those first words, I was like, Jesus Christ, he's, he's outside of <laughs> and then they use the music coming out to you with the siren. I'm like, yeah, it ain't fun for these kids guys in their vlog. They're so cold, you know, the bad booty patty or something, you know? Yeah. You know, it's, it's fantastic and it's nice to see a youngster come in where you can hope they're going to do the right thing with him and see where they go with it now if they work. All right. I have three more singles, and then we can move on to the tag team. I won't take you guys that much longer. Next on my roster, strictly to go with, Adam, with Kenny Omega, and the next, you know, one of my tag team picks, Adam Cole, baby. Hmm. The, well, I mean, you're not going to get any argument here, because you know me, I think he's the best wrestler in the world right now. Um, of all the people... All right, it is it is a big deal that AEW signed CM Punk. It is a big right. deal that AEW signed Daniel Bryanson because it brings more eyes to the product. Right. But as far as the future of that company goes, I never got more invested in the future of that company than when they signed Adam Cole because he's the future of the business, in my opinion. Right. So he makes him and Adam Page are my two favorites in AEW. I agree. Um, so yeah, I mean you're not gonna go wrong with him. And he's another guy that's versatile. He can be a face, he can be a heel. Right. He's got another right. he's got another twenty fucking years on him. <laughs> I want him as a heel, obviously, because the heel promos are just so cocky and so downright perfect for him. You know, when mm-hmm. he's got the face promos okay, he's still good. But you want him almost being that top of it. You're right, he's you. you're you know. Yeah, you're right. He's really good at making that I'm a piece of shit face. <laughs> right. Yeah. This wasn't done three months later. He was on NXT week one of September. And by week three of September was in AEW. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They, they, they let him go without a non Yeah. You know what I mean? Or didn't even attempt to tell him. He can't go anywhere for at least 30 days. No. He walked on WWE, went to Jacksonville, signed a contract, and was on AEW's followers. 
you know. And I really do think that I, I really do think that that comes down to the fact that WWE respects him. I really do I, think I so. I think. Is, I hope it is. My fear is that they don't see WWE as competition, and they're like, "What is he going to do now?" You know what I mean? Right. Well, he made the fucking roof explode. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, and yeah, Daniel Bryan coming up behind Austin, I think they do. And this man's so hot on Adam Cole walking out. Absolutely. You know? Like I said, I think I look at him and I see the future of the business. So if you're building your promotion from scratch, you know, he's your he's your next big guy. He's your next big thing, I guess, for the to, for lack of a better term. He can be the next Bret Hart if you want to be. Mm-hmm. He's not that all around. Yes. You know what I mean? It doesn't just have to be high flying, it doesn't have to be technical. He can wrestle on any way he wants, any way he wants to win. He cuts a damn good promo, fans react to whatever it is he's saying, and it, it's, you can't miss on somebody with a level. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I talked to Nate about this. I don't like to like compare this guy to that guy or whatever. Like, oh, this is the guy at this time, this is the guy at that time. And I know you said Bret Hart. And I would say this. When I look at the AEW roster, um, and they're both Adams, which is funny. Um, of the two Adams, I honestly think if the trajectory and the booking of them goes properly, I don't think Adam Cole is Bret Hart. I think Adam Cole would be the Shawn Michaels of his era. And Adam okay. Page, Adam Page has essentially the Bret Hart of his era. That's, that's a, a good way of looking at it, too. Yeah. Where Adam Page is going to give you the solid kick-ass on-the-map match. And Adam Cole is going to be the flashy good-looking... I like this. ...smaller guy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and Brett and right. Sean were both smaller guys, and they're both good-looking dudes or whatever. <laughs> but it's it's different... Um, very Philosophies. Yeah, and philosophies and variables. Like, Adam Page... Like, like I said, Adam Page reminds me a lot of Bret Hart, and I'd say Adam Cole reminds me more of Sean. No, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I like where you're going with that. I think it works. I think that doesn't work. Anything else to add that before we move on? No, sir. All right. Next on my roster, strictly because this guy has been a workhorse uh, on the Indies and WWE. Like not get the respect that he deserves, and I could fully see him chasing a world title or being a world heavyweight champion. I'm so kind of talked up about it. Uh, Cesaro. Oh yeah, he was he was uh, he was on my roster. You you want to okay? Think about it. You got oh, let's just look at your roster. You've got Daniel Bryan. You've got CM Punk. You've got right. Adam Cole, you've got, uh, I mean, all these performers, Nick Aldis, even, with Cesaro as a babyface. <clears throat> He's going to have a great match with anybody. Anybody. 
And he's the only guy I would say definitely I I would give him a, I would give him a mouthpiece. You know, well, I would, I would yeah, yeah. you know, I, I would give him somebody to talk for him. If he if he was a heel, if he's a babyface, it's funny because he babyfaces don't need to talk. If that makes right. sense, you know, well, they, I mean, they can, right? With a, with a heel, with a heel, you need that. You need that promo to like piss people off or whatever. But right. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's 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 the whole he's the full package, and he's like much like I talked about with Drew McIntyre. A guy that looks like him shouldn't. You wouldn't think he would be able to do the shit that he can do, right? Right. Maybe but, back to when he was on the Indies with, with Chris Hero, mm-hmm. they were doing craziness on that. Those double demons that no one has ever seen before or done again. Right. You know. I know Aaron's a big Cesaro mark too. Oh yeah, Cesaro's great. Um. So is, he's on your heel side? Or your face? Uh, I honestly, I think I'm really loaded at heel. I might leave him as cleaner for a little bit and just see how he naturally progresses. Depends on the cheer him regardless of the face. That's, that's the, the main issue with it. You know what I mean? As far as getting him over. So he's going to get cheered when he does the big swing or those rolling uppercuts that he does. Uh, so I'm going to leave him as a cleaner. And if he chooses to dictate it as being a face or a heel, he can do it, you know, however he wants. So, yeah. it's, it, it, if I'm your booker, which I should be, okay. I honestly would make him, well, like the first, I'd say, six months to a year, I would put him with uh, Cole. Yeah. And I'd let him be Cole's heater. Like, yeah. have Adam Cole out there talking all kinds of shit. Like, Adam Cole, baby. And he's just doing it. He's doing the Adam Cole shit. Right. And not even necessarily having Cesaro talk. But, like, when somebody gets close to Cole, Cesaro's there to take him out. Right. So that's something to do for the six year is have fucking Cesaro and you can have him have matches and shit but I'd, I'd have Cesaro be, be Adam Cole's I, and plus I think they, they would look great together oh yeah yeah. well Cole looks a lot like Chris Hero in some way the long dark hair the beard so and that's what him and Hero were doing for a long time as the game of wrestling Hero would talk to that off anybody gets close to him there was Cesaro to beat their ass so it does work and, but here's my problem with making it my book. So, you would eat all the mini tacos and send them right to beating the ass like But what do I do? <laughs> what do I do? You could have, uh, Tara Murdoch and Ace's popcorn shrimp. Okay, okay. If you're gonna bring popcorn shrimp in place, you need tacos for them. Alright. Last person on my roster. Still deep fried. <laughs> And this is my world heavyweight champion. Okay. And I know that these are my first world heavyweight champion. You guys might say no for Bob. You know, why is that your choice here? Bob needs players. 
when this guy cuts a promo, you feel it. Dating back to Dusty Rhodes' hard time for the better man promo. This guy, every promo he cuts, you feel it deep into your soul. And then when he wrestles, it's not really a technical style. It's more of being a brawler. But then he pulls out a move and you're like, wow, where did that come from? Why is he actually that good at pulling off a, you know, a, a drop kick or an arm drag or even something with the Roman elbow? So my last single person on my roster, and World Heavyweight Champion, is Eddie Kingston. And I don't, I don't, uh, I won't shit on that at all. He wasn't on my roster, maybe because of the time when I built it. I just, with the people that I wanted to put on it, I didn't have the room. But you're right about, you're right about the promos. You're right about the promos. He has possibly the most real sounding promos in wrestling. Right. Right. And he's a great performer. He's great bell to bell. I can't, I mean, I can't find any holes in him, you know? He has a bit of a problem with authority. That's why he doesn't stick around the company that long, but that's why he's actually working for AEW. Because they don't really have a big authority figure there to help pull him out on anything. Um, but again, that's why I was put on with Cesaro because of my, uh, obviously watching everything on the internet about my favorite wrestlers. He and Cesaro actually have real teeth in each other. Hmm. Cesaro never wanted to put him over in Leo Bonner or in Chicago Pro. So, if Eddie's my first champion, <laughs> my first seed for the world title would be Starro going after Eddie Kingston. Play off the real life stuff, yeah. Right, right. Have Cesaro walk out, turn it proper, and see Eddie standing there and driving out for the world title. And Cesaro's like, he finally made it. Finally, the world heavyweight champion. And that's enough for me to send you back to the mid card. Mm-hmm. Now, and then they play off that for a couple months. And even if you involve someone to have Cesaro back, Eddie Kingston is actually a pretty lovable guy. So you can pretty much put him with anybody as a, a team to spend it all. You know? yeah. Or give the belt to Cesaro when they're not just lightning over there. Hey, you know who would probably uh, be a good person to hook up with Eddie Kingston there? Who's that? Trevor Murdoch. Yeah? You know, like, hey, man. What? Let's have some mini tacos to talk about whooping up on Cesaro's ass. <laughs> but we got popcorn shrimp. Anything to say about Cesaro? Anything to say about Cesaro? I'm a big A Kingston fan. Um, I think the guy's super fucking believable. Uh, he's a guy like I was saying about Trevor Murdoch that but he's almost the opposite. He, he's somewhat the same but he's the opposite. Like Trevor Murdoch's the guy who's going to walk at the bar and just sit down and be like hey give me a whiskey sour and just drink it. You know what I mean? Eddie Kingston's the guy that's going to walk at the bar and, and announce himself. And announce himself. <laughs> and be like, what's up, bitches? I'm Eddie Kingston. Right. Everybody gets around and then throws the shot glass at the, at the fucking mirror behind the ball. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, he, he's a great... He, 
how do I say this? And it's not the same thing, but it's kind of the same thing. Like, where we were talking about how Trevor Murdoch said the Harley race was Dusty Rhodes. Eddie Kingston's Roddy Piper. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. You know what I mean? I like, agree with that. Like, Dusty Rhodes or Harley Race aren't gonna try to start some shit. But Eddie, right. Eddie Kingston's gonna walk in the bar and smack the biggest guy. I'll bring the sergeant right. right. Well, when he cuts the like, Much like Piper with Eddie, when he cuts the promo, you never know which Eddie you're gonna get. You never know which Roddy you're gonna get. <laughs> he might be he might be uh laid back docile Roddy. He might be Roddy in a fucking fedora cutting the craziest promo you've ever heard in your yeah. life. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying? Like he's gonna yeah. walk in and find the biggest guy in the room like like Piper, when he did Piper's pit. Like He'd be on something with like Frankie Williams and be like, "Oh, I'm on, I'm on Columbus, Ohio, or whatever." And I don't want to say like he wasn't intimidated by people, but he wasn't—he he wasn't always the biggest guy. But he'd, he'd feel the need that all these people are watching, so I can't back down. The the greatest the greatest Piper's Pit because it is—it's not the best. It's not the best. It's not even the most entertaining, but to show to highlight Roddy Piper's character in a nutshell, the greatest Piper's pit is the one with Andre. Oh yeah, because yes, he's looking. Yes, and and all that, and then at the beginning of it, he's braggadocious and the teeny weeny and all that stuff like that, and then by the end of it, he's like, okay, 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 <laughs> you know, like I, 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 you're the man, you're the fucking man, Andre. <laughs> Like when you say oh, I'm giving like, like machine gun or whatever, he comes like, oh shit, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, a good and, comparison. Yeah, I, I, that's what I that's what I think of Kingston when when you put him on a roster. I think he, I think he's right. I I don't I don't want to necessarily say anything bad about your roster or anything like that, which I'm not going to. If you have a good roster, the only thing I I I don't know if it's by chance. And that's why, because well, you, you had a good angle with it. But for me, I think he's, I think he's the, I think that dude should be the antagonist of the roster. He's just well, the guy I mean, that's the whole thing. He can, I, I feel that even as the world champion, he can still be the antagonist of the roster. Because he's the world champion. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, come out there, so who wants the title shot? Or or even or even this even this and then I swear I'll let you get into your tag teams. This even more perfect. He wins the title, okay? And before Cesaro comes out for your angle that you're shooting, he cuts the promo. And the promo is look at this roster. You got Nick Aldis, you got Daniel Bryan, you got CM Punk. Adam Cole, I heard these guys are the best wrestlers in the world. But look who's the world heavyweight champion. You know, that's the right. promo right there. You know, rub right. it in. Right. <laughs> right. What happened? <laughs> what happened? What happened, CM yeah. Punk? <laughs> right. And then of all people to enter with Cesaro. Yeah. Or even in the Galveston, most of them put in that role. 
right. be, I'm going to put you down and make you feel like you're the biggest piece of shit here, you know, when everybody else around you don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know, because the fans are going to be killing him no matter what. Again, he's got that attitude where the fans want to kill him, even yeah. when he's yelling at them and telling them to stop. Absolutely. So, I like that. I like that. You know what? Go to my head book. Aaron, you're in charge of popcorn shit. Aaron, you're in charge of popcorn shit. And you can be one of the announcers. You can be one of the announcers. You can be live mic. I can do that. You're giving Aaron Aaron a live mic? Yeah. I'm resigning as your booker. It was it was quick, but it happened. <laughs> Damn, that you got one Johnny angle out of me. He just called Johnny Gargano popcorn shrimp. I gotta <laughs> fucking leave. <laughs> you you quicker than ever had. <laughs> I didn't even tell a racist joke. Even Jimmy, even Jimmy lasted six months. <laughs> <laughs> Possible they pretty much don't need a background or anything, they're all bring back. Number one, the street problems. I think they cut a great promo, and I think that with their attitude and their dancing and you know, the way that they come off in the ring, I think they're uh, a good asset to any tag team roster uh, in any company. Uh, they don't necessarily need to be in the title right away. But uh, fighting for them, you know, they make for a good challenge. Um, this is the first, and admittedly, we don't have to. Well, I mean, other obviously, other than Kenny Omega, this is the first. Uh, other than Kenny, this is the first one I'm. 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 You and I differ on as we're discussing yeah. this. I am not a fan of that team. Okay. Um, I, I see. I see potential in what's his face? Montez. Small guy or the big guy? Montez. Montez Ford. I see potential in him when I watch him. He's still, I just don't know, like when I watch him, he still comes off as green somehow. And he's been, I mean, they've been, but their, their act gets on my nerves, I guess. And maybe okay. that's the point. Maybe you use them as heels and they get on my nerves. But um, I, I'm not a big fan, but I can see what you're saying, like especially because they're both young and they right. can still be molded. And they are a good tag team. They're just not my cup of tea. I'm just not a big right. fan. I was watching them when they were in WNM. Um, mm-hmm. NXT or NXT, basically. Right. And, and they were actually much different. They were heels. And they came out with a group of people. They had like six people in their entourage. And they weren't putting matches on their own. It was like one of the six of these guys were a three and the other six of these You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay. And then we signed them. They come to you. And I said, like, okay, are they doing this? And I think. And then they came out and they were just like comedy. Right. And I'm like, okay, so are they the new game? I don't even think they. They didn't even start them together, did they? Because didn't Angelo Dawkins do a no, thing where he no. was like wearing a uh, like a backpack and stuff mm-hmm. at one point? Okay, mm-hmm. I was I was trying to remember if that was him or not because they they right. cycled through a lot of gimmicks there at the beginning of NXT. 
Oh, so I couldn't yeah. remember, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, like I said, I mean, and I'm not hating on it, and I see what you're saying. You know, they're they're a good young tag team, and, and I don't necessarily have anything against them. But once the bell rings, they're just, I mean, they're I don't know, their their personalities <laughs> and their gimmick annoy me. No, I understand that they are a bit annoying at times, but there are times when put into the proper feud mm-hmm. um, that they can work. So, yeah, and I mean, with that, somebody else it works, you know. Those those couple of recent matches they had with the, the Usos were really good matches. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were um, wrestling uh, uh, Garza and um, was it Andrade? Uh, Andrade, yeah, it was Andrade. When they were wrestling them on Raw, they had good matches. Like I said, with them, I think more it just lands to me with their personalities rub me the wrong mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely bell to bell, they're a good team. Next up on my list is Jungle Boy Jack Perry and Lucha Torres Rapid Express. Mm-hmm. Jack they Perry were. is a good young student in the game. And I don't know what it is, Nate, but lately Lucha Torres is telling me something. They were on my roster. And, and I, I, I said when we talked about my roster, Jungle Boy is the shit. I, I love that guy. I think he's great. Um, Luchasaurus, like you said, he every wrestler doesn't have to be a wizard. Every wrestler doesn't have to be a guy that I'm going to go, oh, he's going to have a five-star match tonight. You right. know, I was a fan of Psycho Sid. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and it's not like right. Sid ever had a five-star match. I Luchasaurus is that for me. He is, to me, he's an attraction. You know, he's a big but guy. I that watched can, him on Red Friday. Mm-hmm. And he landed a choke slam and then a standing moonsault. And I'm like, Jesus, he's got these one. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But mm-hmm. then he also put the guy in a headlock and started to go play the match. You know, so he actually, you know, kind of go from 100 miles an hour back down to 50 and keep mm-hmm. moving in 1988. So he's not like a lot of these guys where it's just move after move after move, kick out, move after move after move. Yeah. Out. He knows he's he, he showing something. So I think he's going to get them together, hopefully at the long term, because I don't think either one of them needs to go up on their own yet. Mm-hmm. They make for a great team. Jungle Boy is, is and I'm going to liken Jungle Boy in AEW that I likened WWE with Seth Rollins, is I've never seen Jungle Boy do anything that was offensive yeah. or that I didn't like that he wasn't booked to do. I.e., I hope you're like me, Archie. And when you bring Jurassic Express in, you're going to leave the afterbirth behind. Yes. And Marco yes, Stunt's am. not coming with them. No, I am not okay. a Marco Stunt fan. And this was way before I knew what Jim Cornette thought of him. But when I see some of the things that Marco Stunt has done on the Indies, and then the fact that he's basically just a throwing his mouth for some of these guys. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? He's, he's four foot five and he's just going around. It's like, you have to want to be a wrestler. You can't just want to be a wrestler. He looks like they're letting the Make-A-Wish kid be on TV every week. Right, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> My son saw him get thrown on the page a couple of weeks ago on AEW. My kid's like, who is that? I'm like, well, I act, I, like, why do you want to know him? Like, they just kill a fan. <laughs> like, he's, no, he's actually on the roster. He's like, okay, who is he? So I explained to him, he's like, he's a midget, and I'm like, no. Not a rigid. I'm like, he's like, he's like, four for five. He's like, that's just literally a rigid. I'm like, no. I guess he's a rigid. I don't know. He's like, so why is he on the roster? I'm like, I don't know. I'm getting quite good. 
This is ESPN two. Yeah, this is ESPN four. Here's the thing. You remember how bad we all felt when they when Kevin Nash wanted our to bring Mysterio into my front? I didn't feel bad. That was funny. I I felt bad. I freaked. I was like, oh, I'm getting the way. And when it happens to Marco's son, I'm like, yes, give me that. He's finally, he's finally dead. Oh my god. He's finally taking the clown with him. You know. So, I would leave Marco's son back wherever he's going to go. I can't support Metasaurus. Said <laughs> so I can't support Metasaurus. But Jungle Boy should be that last year. But Metasaurus, no. I don't like what you How do I say it? I told Nate this. I don't hate Metasaurus. I hate his dude. Okay. I think if the dude was just a dude. I don't want to say just a dude, but like if he got away from the fucking I'm a dinosaur. I, I'd probably be fine with him because he's he's a perfectly fine athlete. I just hate his kids. The only other thing I'll say about Jurassic Express, and then I promise I'll let you move on, Archie, is you know there's this there's this new trend in in wrestling. And I mean, it started in the Attitude Era where we all did the, if you smell, the rock is kicking along with the rock or whatever. But there's this really new trend in wrestling where people, the crowd sings along with entrance music. Right. Judas and Cult of Personality and blah, blah, blah. But I want to tell you right now, if I ever go to AEW Live, I promise you that you will see me on TV going, because that is like, I love... I love the fact that they use that song for his entrance. Mm-hmm. It's like my favorite entrance in wrestling. Like I sit here in my little studio watching AEW when he comes out <laughs> and they come out. I'm in my studio singing along with that That's fucking song. Perfect song. Yes. And I, and I, and I'd probably be there with Nate because I'd make him buy me a ticket. <laughs> and I would probably sit there. You you would see on camera me singing along with it and Aaron looking at me like I was a fucking idiot. Yeah. But then, <laughs> but then, 47 minutes later, when it was like, wow, dang. Losing my fucking mind. It's not Onita. It's not Onita. No, I, I have to admit, I'd be singing too. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody sings loud. I can't understand why they hear that song for the monster. It doesn't make sense. An homage to Onita, I guess. I guess. Onita gave him that song. Can you get the death match and depending on maybe death match? He's going to be like a Japanese death match. And then I'm sure after he saw the firework that went off, he was like, fucking do my song back. <laughs> you, know you, know you know what I think. You know what I think. Give him a song back. Yeah, I'd definitely be in the crowd. Wild thing. Next up on my my, my, my my favorite playoff of Wild. Sorry, my, oh, favorite, really? my favorite playoff of Wild thing is when back in the day, because you know, like when people would be like, "Back seat windows up." That's the way we love it for. 
My favorite thing with wild things would be like when people be like, Wild thing. You made my thanks thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's that was super lame. That's why I'm not. That's why I can't be the book. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're the announcer. You're like, why are you singing that song? It doesn't work here. Archie's <laughs> paying me. Right. I got a guaranteed contract. Alright. <laughs> Stuff on my roster. Next neighbor nation's bitch. <laughs> NXT, the grizzled young veterans. That's a good pull. I didn't think of them when I made my roster. But they're a really fucking good tag team. They're, they're, they're gritty. Is that the right mm-hmm. word? I'm going to go, they got gritty. attitude, gritty, and throwback to, you know, older people like tag teams. When, mm-hmm. when, I think it's Zach Gibson cut the promo. And he says their name and he does the road flag and everything. I get chills like that. I remember Arn Anderson doing that. You know what I mean? I picked, um, when I did my roster, okay, so I had Nick Aldis as my champion. Right. And then I had a tag team as like his heaters, you know, part of his group or whatever. And it's funny because I actually picked Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan. Okay, that's still in the boat. The, the, well, the, the grizzled young veterans kind of fill the same kind right. of slot in your roster, you know, they're the same right. kind of team. So yeah, I mean, very, very, you could go either way there. Right, right. Well, see, that's the whole thing. If, if Albus needs backup, he's got them, and he's even got a Cigaro, mm-hmm. and he's got a four there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where, you know, in the same regard, they don't need to be with Albus because they can wrestle and they can cut promos. My only reason for not putting a title on them yet would be I want to see them get to it. You know right. What I, mean? I want to see how gritty and how badass they can be when they're challenging versus, oh, well, here's a belt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, it, it's, I don't know what it is. And it's not even so, I don't, I, I always forget the other guy's name. I have it like in the back of my head. But when Gibson delivers those promos for them, and then they go out and actually back up what they're saying. It's like, wow. You know? Yeah. They light up the ring whenever they're in there. Whether they're in there with a smaller tag team, or they're in there with a bigger tag team. And their finisher looks brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And they're... for all the right reasons. Exactly. Yes. You know? So. Any thoughts there? I don't know enough about them. The what if you hate anything people help? You don't want to next year. All right. Well, yeah. Next, I want to try it. I know. I know. I'm just gonna watch it eventually. I must beat myself watching it. Not out of excitement, but out of something to happen. For the first couple of weeks, I called it NXT in Living Color. Yes. You called. <laughs> you sent the home in the cloud to come out. Homie, don't play that. <laughs> that would have been, would have been better. <laughs> this, 
This is something totally Our our truth shows up as uh as the clown. That's like yeah. his face going come all over the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, next up on my roster, people would be NXT big. Are the NXT titans can't be in the MSK. I almost put them on my roster. Um, actually, honest to God, I have them scratched off. I had them on my roster. I scratched them off, and I put the Usos on instead. Um, about Tom Servo and Crow? No, not no, in, not, no. not not MST three K, oh, just okay. MSK. All right. Okay. Uh, you know what's you funny, mean, Archie? What? They annoyed me in TNA. All right, or Impact, yeah, whatever, whatever the whatever the fuck it's called this week, right. um, or whoever it's owned by this week, the promotion that you can't kill. Like AEW right. and WWE are going to go out of business, and, and right. Impact is still going to be on. But anyway, um, number one, Wait, they annoyed one. me. They annoyed me there, and then when WWE signed them, I was like, what "The fuck did they sign those guys for?" And actually, since they've been in WWE, I haven't minded them. They're actually pretty they're good. Doing, they're not doing the stupid four-year-old promos like the teenagers in the clubhouse. The promos are a little more coherent. What bothered me though was you left the best of that of that team left an impact because you didn't want to give them a decent enough contract. Ray Miguel. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable in impact. And he, they almost put the world title on That's how good he was and how quick he came up. Don't get me wrong, the other two guys on the team are great. But he was like something else, you know what I mean? And he said totally they wanted him to move to Florida and he said, Can I just you know, go back and forth? You don't be paid once a week anyway. Right. And he didn't want to move and they then you failed physical over pot told him you gotta lower your contract or whatever. But whatever the case, I think MSK will add a speed in the roster and can have great matches with Jurassic Express and, and with the Street Profits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and, and, and to get to get beat up by the Grizzly Young veterans. Right. right. But they're actually two Two and zero over the Brooklyn Young Veterans. You never know. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> uh, next up on my roster, you mentioned them, and I agree they deserve to be on it. Are the Usos, Jimmy and Dave? <laughs> they have delivered since day one in WWF, and I think they will deliver uh, on my roster as well. I don't want to put them out on them right away because it seems like whenever you like to have a tag title. But I think that they can be serious number one contenders at points of time. They, you know, those guys. It's amazing sometimes when you think about what they've been in that company for over a decade, right? You know, and they've gone through so many um, iterations and and revamps and et cetera, et cetera. But they're always right. high high caliber performers. So good that WWE is willing to ignore their you know, transgressions. <laughs> yeah. Or two months ago, Jimmy got pulled over for a drunk driving thing. Four days yeah. later, he was a world champion. That okay. don't happen often. Nope. nope. I thought that would be a Roman Reigns influence. I look up oh, absolutely. My legs stick around. You know. Aaron? But he's still a good guy, too. 
they're a very good tag team. Um, they, the, uh, the only downside to, and I, and I've thought this of them being in the WWF is the only downside of it is you can't break them up unless one of them gets hurt before he can't work anymore. What, because they're twins? <laughs> yeah. That's the only way you can break them up. Is if well, one just, like, goes to, like, hit a fucking big move and his fucking leg blows off or whatever. You can't <laughs> do anything with it. Like, you, you can't break them up. You can't have them have a fucking feud. What are you gonna put one of them in a hat? Like, oh. <laughs> the yes. one you hate's the one in the hat. This is the hat we go. Yeah. Jimmy's one the one with the hat. You look, one. Like listen, one gets a grill and the other one doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you would have to. You would have to if you were if you were gonna break them up. You'd have to have two brands and put them on separate brands. That doesn't even matter. But in Archie's world, there could be. No, I wouldn't be there. Yeah, me neither. I'm sorry. Like you said, I'm not knocking the team. No, no, I know what you're saying. That's the, if you're telling me I'm going to sign you so, I'm like, well, that well, better be your, that better be your long-term team, because there ain't no breaking them up. Every, every three years, I'm going to make sure one of them is still laid on off, so the other one's not going to break like, hey, when are you guys gonna actually lose your eyes? Right. <laughs> don't worry, we have Seth Rollins here. We know how to do that. Yeah. Next up on my roster again. I know you guys hate them, but I like them. After complete the uh, Cole and Kenny Omega stable uh, as the elite, it is the Young Bucks. And I know. Universally, but lately they've been isolated. They've been willing to knock themselves over. And I know that they have been hurt in the tag team beginning, though. As they help them grow, they do some other tag team champions. But I think when you put them in there again, like you tell them, you put them in there with a sound tag team, people would calm them down. And when it doesn't always have to be a super kick, you don't have to shoot out 20 times in a minute. I think that this is This is gonna surprise you probably because I actually can make more of a case like I did earlier for Kenny being on your roster than those guys. I can't I can't I can't give you a positive. <laughs> the the only positive that you could do is putting the young bucks on your roster is Sneaking them like an entire bottle of melatonin, and then saying, "Hey, young bucks, we're gonna book you with Ron Breaker." Oh my God! They they've both eaten like an entire bottle of gummy melatonin, <laughs> and they're in a deep sleep. And then we just look at Ron Breaker and go, "So wait, do whatever you want." <laughs> so wait, rape them, throw them, kill them. We don't give a I'm, shit. Do I'm whatever you want. Hold on, I'm <laughs> doing the young bumps, 
<laughs> you have a hell of a tag division. This yeah, is intriguing. I like it. I, I might as well have Russo as my partner. Bro. Jimmy Russo's laying on a pole match. Melatonin, bro. Melatonin, bro. Just zombify both of them. Ron, do your best. Do your best. Oh, last on my roster. These are my world champions. Because my opinion is no tag team that is better than them right now. Better be who I think you say it's going to be. I I think that both of these guys as a tag team are phenomenal. And I think that down the line, one of them may have some pretty big serious insight. My tag team champions in the last spot on my roster go to FTR. Absolutely. Yes, that's exactly who I was hoping you were going to say. Yes. Is there the best tag team in wrestling? They, WWE did not know what they had there. Neither does they. Well, AEW doesn't, but I think they've got them with Kelly, and they're keeping them around and giving them decent five matches on the center. And I think over time, they will get back to gold and be, be a prominent tag team champion there. But WWE was, I mean, they were, they were, what, a month away from putting them to wrestling or swaddle. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah. it, was, it was all comedy that was, they could look like idiots. But you know, I had a tag team that close to Arn Anderson and Kelly Blanchard and Oxen. The only way you could have been closer is if you were to clone them. Right. <laughs> and you decided, yeah, yeah, they need to lose to every team on the roster. Mm-hmm. You know, they, 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 they don't ever need to cut a yeah, I mean, some of the best tag team matches of the past ten years <sighs> were FTR versus American Alpha. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And WWE mismanaged every single person in that entire sphere. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. They're the best tag team in the world, and they definitely should be your first tag team champions. And I think. Um, if I'm your booker, <laughs> then I'm going to pair them up. It sounds funny, but I'm going to pair them up first because this team's not going to beat them for the titles. But FTR is going to make them look superb. Is I'm going to pair them up at first with MSK. Yeah. Because, right. you know, they're kind of the little underdogs, and FTR could make them look better. And right. then later on... You- I wanted to, like, you know, it's the technical side versus that, that high flying ability of the LSA. Mm-hmm. I want them to, you know, to be exposed, like, well, you know how to do high flying. Right. It's not the same, but it's basically when they put the brain busters with the rockets. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Or Tully and Arn with, with Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, but, but I'm talking like a WWF aspect of it. Uh, they did it to show, like, hey, the ro- like, the rockers were already there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they also put Anderson and Tully in there with the rockers to show that even though these guys are mad wrestlers, they can still. Then I don't want to. That makes. I don't no, say, I agree. But I'm saying makes sense. Like, yeah, these guys might be mad guys. But they can still have flashy matches if we need them to. 
and that mm-hmm. was what they poured in the WWF. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if it would have been the, if it would have been the flip side, like the Rockers would have gone to the NWA, they would have still done the same thing, but they probably would have had the Rockers working more of a mat based thing. The the biggest thing the WWF or the WWE dropped the ball on with FTR wasn't even anything in the ring. The biggest thing they dropped the ball with was when actually it was probably was his name Cash now. Cash Wilder. Yeah. Cash Wilder's name now. Is that his name now? Cash uh, Wilder. Cash Wilder is He's Wheeler now. The biggest thing they dropped the ball with was when Dash hit the shit out of that fucking fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the biggest fucking thing they dropped the ball on. That should have made them a fucking million dollar team. Mm-hmm. Like, have goddamn mercy, that motherfucker, that that fucking psycho fucking dude, getting on Brett, knocking down Maddie, getting him out of there, and fucking right. Cash is going, nope, this is going to be that guy. That should have been a fucking money. That should have been a storyline. He should have came out and been like, I'm going to try to save Brett Hart. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hey, if you get my fucking way, I'm gonna put some fucking. That should have been like that. That should have made that guy that fucking. I'm a pro wrestler, and if you hit my ring, I'm gonna fuck (laughs) you up. Because honest to God, that was a real life thing. Nobody wanted to do it. Nobody wanted to do it. But fucking cash. Which is like, fuck it. I'm gonna go old school on this one's butt, and I'm gonna pop in this fucking mouth and drop That should have made that guy a fucking billionaire. Back to Russo. That's a shoot, bro. I should have made that guy a fucking life in that time. Definitely. Definitely. But Vincent, Vincent gave us what he wanted. And there was nobody around to talk and to say. Because they already heard Triple H tell them somebody died. Don't worry, it's going to get better. I got it. I'm going to And they left because everything, I never saw the pictures of the outfits or whatever, but they basically wanted to make them the new too cool. So they told them. Uh, it was baggy onesies <laughs> and a clock around their neck and top hats. Yeah, they wanted to make them the too cool. You know, their era. And they wanted them to have new names. Um, and it's like, so wait, we're supposed to forgive that these guys with a revival and we're already pumping champions multiple times. So you can put them in a baggy onesie with a pop out. <laughs> you know? Like we're, we're not we're not dumb. We're not totally dumb. You know, like what family gonna be like, Oh my god, this is me baggy. No, that's that's why we're the other that's the revival. <laughs> Baggy onesie with a top hat. <laughs> it got so bad that when they were feeding the young monks on Twitter before they got fired, the young monks actually made white houses for themselves and were going to go out and wrestle just to make fun of them. Well, the, you know? the, 
The Young Bucks wear onesies now. I saw pictures where they were yeah, like, I was they were wearing onesies. I, one of them was wearing a dress on the front of the out of the Golden Girls. I don't know about that. They're fucking right, They're horrid and ridiculous. Yeah, fuck the Young so, <laughs> Someone said it was an Easter egg. Someone said it was an Easter egg from Bray Wyatt coming in. Mm. You know, the whole Easter Avenue thing and then the blind turn. They lay an egg. So. They lay an egg every fucking week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then they shove it back up their ass. <laughs> so they can lay it again next week. Archie, uh, I have yeah, to say, other than the Bucks, very solid roster. I even give, I even give, you see that? I even gave Omega credit before I gave the Bucks credit. Cause maybe I hate them more than I hate him. I don't know. But anyway. It's because there's two and, of them, and, and thank you, and, and they're little, and they suck, and everything about them is fucking grotesque. I fucking hate the Young Bucks. The only thing I hate more than the Young Bucks, and I'm glad neither one of you put this piece of shit out of your eyes, is fucking Orange gas. Oh, I, I wouldn't put Orange him. Gas, Orange gas and no, the Young he's, Bucks. He's I wish it was just Thelma and Louise themselves, and just drive off in the goddamn Grand Canyon and never be seen again. I didn't mention because I wasn't really sure it should be mentioned, but he's your assistant while you're on commentary, right? <laughs> well, at least, at least he'll just fucking sit there. Oh, no, he's in the pocket while he's on commentary. The first time the actual Orange Julius or Orange Cassidy took his fucking hands out of his pockets, he hurt somebody. He really? Hey, fuck Matt Hardy up. First time he took his hands out of his pocket, oh, he broke Matt Hardy's fucking face. Oh, Google, Matt Hardy can hurt every pocket except for Matt Hardy. I'm just saying, but dude can't fucking hurt. Maybe he can hurt Matt Hardy with Hardy. Why is Matt Hardy? I know he's not anybody's roster, but I'm just saying, fuck Orange Cassidy. Fuck the guy. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even let Orange Cassidy buy a ticket to be in my fucking audience. Right. Right. <laughs> he's, an, I, I, he's an embarrassment. He is an embarrassment. We're 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 gonna wrap up, folks. I promise. Hold on. But no, before we wrap up, hold on. I found out something about him that I didn't know. He was in Chikara as one of the ants. Yes, he was. He was in the red ants or the fire ants or something. Those guys actually wrestled pretty differently with those guys. What the fuck happened? Um. What, what happened to the <laughs> here's what I'll here's what I'll say about him before we wrap. Okay, I don't like Kenny Omega, and I don't like Kenny Omega because I don't. My my main thing about Omega is just when he wrestles, it annoys me. I like right. I said, I don't like the gesticulations. I don't like his mannerisms. I think that he he overexposes high spots. He does everything that if it, if he would wrestle, man, and you can tell he's an asshole. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll I'll concede to that. I don't like the Young Bucks. I think they're hot garbage. Everything about them annoys me. The thing that I hate the most about Cassidy is his gimmick. Okay, we're all professional. We're we're all professional wrestling fans, right? I don't know how anybody who is a fan of pro wrestling can like him. Because his gimmick literally shits on pro wrestling. I agree. Like I, 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 I lost respect a little bit, and I like Pac. I really do. 
from when he did the country thing? Yes. The the first time Orange Cassidy did that little shin kick to him, he should have just punched him in the fucking mouth. Well, yeah, you think that. I agree with you on that. Well, I said the same thing about Sting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw Sting do that. I love Sting. When I watched Sting do that with Orange Cassidy on AEW, I turned it off. Like, I don't even remember what episode it was. And, I, and I've watched it again since. The minute I saw that happen, I just said, oh, I, I, I did see as a company man, and he wants to be behind all these young guys that help get them over, but that was like, you know. Yeah, so Cassidy might actually rank him. He might be my least favorite over Omega, because it's just, I don't know, I hate everything about him. And I just, and, nobody even brought him up, but I just wanted to. Get up on my soapbox, and I think at the end of every episode of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, I'm just on Orange Cassidy. He's a shit. He's he's replaced Beefcake. Yeah. Yes, actually. <laughs> so you traded one orange man for another. <laughs> so at least Beefcake, at least Beefcake had a hold, and personality. This and guy, didn't and didn't and didn't completely shit on his business with what yeah, he did. He didn't disrespect it. Beefcake never sure. disrespected professional wrestling. He at least tried. <laughs> God damn it he tried. <laughs> he tried. Uh, when, he, when, he, when he when he was sitting in the trailer when when Beefcake was sitting in the house trailer next to Greg Valentine and they saw Orange Cassidy for the first time. Beefcake was like, "What do that could to the wrestling business?" <laughs> it done ruined it, Greg. Do you All agree right. not? <laughs> do you agree not? <laughs> All, All right, right, guys. Any parting words before we sign off here? Thank Fuck you guys for joining us. Thank you guys for joining us. See you next week. Yes, we will. And again, like I said, everybody, this is now probably the first maiden voyage that we'll call it of the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network. And more shows to come. Aaron's show will be a podcast. Archie's show will be a podcast. Maximum Gold, Slice of Time. So stay tuned to way too many fucking podcasts. I'm getting a goddamn logo, bitches. (laughs) From all of us here at the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network, and we will see you next time around. Archie, thank you for your roster. Thank you, sir. And thank you, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you next week.